Hey everybody, it's Michael. Uh, I want to do a little bit of an intro because I interviewed a friend, Brandon, and his partner, David, about a project they're working on called NFTG, which is a three-pronged approach to NFTs for the next generation. Um, you know, normally I don't do intros, but this time, man, I was just dense on this interview. I was not like... My brain was not firing like it normally is. So I'm asking questions. I wasn't connecting the difference between an NFT and a token. Like, oh, come on, dude. So I want to apologize to everybody for that. If you, When you get to that point, just realize that's me, honestly, just like not having a lot of sleep for a couple of days. Um, and also, I didn't introduce them at the beginning. Like, I, just part of the brain fart. You know, he's Brandon's a friend of mine. We've uh, known each other for a few years. Played golf, great guy. He's been in the NFT, he's been in the crypto space for almost a decade. Uh, these guys are not just people I'm bringing on to shill. Like they, they, they're serious people, and they tell you that at the end of the interview when I finally realize, oh wow, I didn't have them tell anything about themselves. So I kind of wish I could go back and do it again. But they're busy and I don't, you know, the, the rest of it's fine. Just when you're listening, realize these people know what they're talking about. They've been in the space for a while. They're serious people. Um, and, on t and other than that, um, if you would like to donate to the show, which would be astronomically helpful, um, I've been told that I don't ever tell people that links to, to support the show, crypto links are in the show notes. Um, I'm terrible about self-promoting and asking for financial help to keep the show going um a couple of people have been supporting the show through patreon and i am so thankful for that but other people were like hey it's a crypto podcast we'd like to donate in crypto and i said oh yeah that that you know i've the links have always been there i've just never told anybody so if you'd like to donate the show uh, donate to the show and help i'd like to do a couple different projects related to the show in the future and that would really really help um links in the pod uh, in the show notes for nano for banana for bitcoin for ethereum um for coinbase for you know whatever um th there's a bunch of stuff there so thank you for your support um these last couple of years, it means a lot. And let's get to the interview. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Michael. Keyword crypto, keeping it real, being curious, and try not to get scammed along the way. Doing a thing about NFTs over the next month. And uh, I had some friends who asked if they could come on and talk about a new project they are working on called NFT Gallery. So uh, welcome, guys. Why don't you uh, explain it? Who wants to go first, Brandon or David? I can kick it to David on this one. Okay, cool. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, great to be on the show. Thanks for having us. Uh, my name is David. I go by Legendary D. Uh, you'll see my avatar on, on nftg.live, but... Um, Basically, we're on a mission to build a decentralized marketplace that is really focused on the community and features that really um, are about user experience over uh, really just the one person winner take all mentality we've kind of seen on a lot of NFT marketplaces thus far. So to get us there, 
we followed the fair launch model to be able to avoid creating whales, uh, to avoid venture capital, to avoid um, just early investors so that really contributors to the project are able to uh, launch this. And in order to bootstrap liquidity, we've really focused on the NFT PFP, which is the profile picture NFT uh, space. And we've designed a membership for uh, our platform, for our club that gives access to private uh, channels on Discord, additional benefits on the platform. But really, um, it's a membership to a community just full of knowledge that wants to share like how things are built, like why we're doing things. And we're really following uh, the DAO model to really have a decentralized autonomous organization where people can contribute to earn. And, you know, we've been accumulating this knowledge base, I would say since, um, well, a variety of the team, people just different entry points in crypto, but all of them, I think previous to 2016, so we've seen everything from ICOs to, you know, the DeFi summer to, you know, profile picture NFTs and, you know, kind of now bundling this up into a cohesive uh, ecosystem for people just to fundamentally contribute to earn. So hopefully what? not too technical, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a series of dominoes, right? And now we're just in phase one of phase three. So what is like, so you're selling a token for membership. What do I actually get when I pay for it? So the memberships themselves are non-fungible tokens. Uh, they're unique. Um, it's a membership, much like Costco. You know, like you you buy it, and you're able to go into the facility and you're able to access certain deals. So we decided, since we have a wealth of knowledge, this membership um, is really a membership to our club and. Um, this enables us to bootstrap liquidity in a fair launch model, but then the benefits that we'd be providing include uh, commissioned NFT uh, collections that we have um, that we have available uh, as far, from bounties. So right now we have two different artists working on two different collections. Our members would be able to mint those NFTs at their leisure. Uh, only paying the gas. So think of it like you walk into Costco, you showed your membership card, and sitting there are all of these profile picture NFTs uh, collections that you're able to mint. And because you're a member, there's one reserved for you. So instead of having almost like that toilet paper situation, right? In, in COVID, where toilet paper ran out, in this case, no FOMO. Your, your membership equals one spot in line for that collection specifically. So, and then that collection is a randomly generated uh, profile picture collection that has provable rarities um, and comes with like a narrative and a story of from the artist. And it's a way for, you know, our members to be able to participate, but then not necessarily have to, um, you know, fear of missing out on some of these collections. And the goal is not to necessarily flood or just have, you know, like the next, um, 
one of us on the team just draw a bunch of stuff and just say, oh, here's a collection. And here's all our members. You get something. We're really aiming for higher quality. So that's why you know we're able to offer bounties to pay artists uh, a very handsome uh, commission to support them you know, as an artist from coming from the community, but then they're providing the assets for us to programmatically generate rarities in a collection that each member has, you know, random odds of, or just like not random odds, but like it's the uh, same equal chance to be able to mint from that collection so that it's, once you open the pack, you can see what it reveals. So yeah, I think you're not, and you're not paying anything for that. It's really just paying the gas because uh, he's, I believe, will be on Ethereum. So, now, yeah, so Brandon, you were about to say something. Yeah, so I was saying uh, this is Brandon Esky here. Um, for us, we really want to hinge on and focus on the storytelling elements, right? So um, we looked around at a lot of these different uh, NFT projects, a lot of these different exchange projects, DeFi space, right? But we really feel that we had a chance from a technological angle. Um, along with the storytelling angle, right? We think that the stories that go along with a lot of these different art pieces, the history, you know, the rich history of a lot of these different artists, musicians, whoever it is, creators, right? Um, creators all kind of get into the space, um, really kind of like painting through their experiences. So, you know, as opposed to having just more of these generic stock images and, and you know, these kind of useless jpegs for us like we want to kind of take things a step further and really kind of create this experiential um, access for for the different memberships so if i'm buying so you have ten thousand membership to uh, nfts was that did i look at that right did i say that? correct did I remember that? there's okay. a there's a max yeah there's a max supply of ten thousand uh, so memberships that we'll offer my main question is let's say somebody does a generative ten thousand pfp project and you have 10,000 people who own the tokens. Does that mean that nobody, that means that, does that mean that everyone's getting it for free essentially? Everyone would be able to mint at uh, cost. So they would not pay additional. They would just pay the, the gas fees for minting and they could do that uh, any time of day that they want. So it's, it's basically one membership is a spot in line for that collection. So, so to, then, the re- yeah, sorry. the reason why we're capping is to really match you know, the max supply of these, um, you know, these known collections like Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, uh, they all have 10,000. So that's kind of setting the standard. So we figured um, a 10,000 membership would be a, a really nice community to be able to work with and over time add additional benefits and access. And really the, the membership is a utility access. Right, it's it's giving, uh, saving a spot in line. So, so I guess. Okay, so my question is: normally, an artist or a group of artists would create a uh, like a ten thousand run, and put it up for like point one or point zero five or, or whatever they charge, and then people Correct. would ape in and then start listing everything on OpenSea, and that's when like things would start to go crazy. So what you're saying is the artist doesn't get anything. Because everyone's getting it for free, essentially. If you sell out on all ten thousand and they do a ten thousand run, the artist. So, are yeah. you paying the artist, essentially? Correct. With the yeah. funds generated from the membership token. Correct. It's it's the 
some of the proceeds that we're using um, from the memberships will be to have early bounties. Uh, the first one we have open actually is a hundred thousand dollar bounty uh, open to our community to vote and nominate um, on their favorite artist to ex- and we're looking for an artist to accept you know to work with us accept the hundred thousand to create you know roughly 120 individual assets that we as engineers would be able to randomize and work with them and collaborate. Um, we also have a current uh, collection being done with a with a partner that we've uh, partnered early on with. So um, for them, you know, everyone the artists would be getting paid, and then each bounty would more than likely be different. So as we are able to not just have the collections, part of our roadmap is to be able to bootstrap the yield farm, and once the yield farm is open we would like to be able to have um, more bounties be available, you know, made possible from the, um, you know, the yield farm itself. So the yield farm is phase two. So tell me how, um, so that, that's essential. So how is that going to work? Because eventually if you didn't have phase two, the membership um, income, the, the membership ETH would run out and you wouldn't be able to, pay artists anymore and then you'd have a bunch of people with so how, how are you generating income from the yield farm in, in phase two the yield farm itself yeah uh, we have so the dev fund itself is the same we forked sushi so it's 90 percent to the community and 10 percent to the developers so for every time uh, every 10 uh, nftg that are earned or you know mined through the the yield farm one is deposited to developer fund so from there we would be able to also have uh, the ability to create bounties so i guess this is where this this idea is over my head or this is where i kind of get lost because i'm sure. not 100 percent sure how yield farms work are you saying they work they're working with the nfts no, no. So they're separate, right? So it's not the membership does not get you yield farm anything. The the what it does is it enables the community to have other products be developed, which we already have developed, but just opening to launch. So previous to this, you know, we turned down six hundred thousand dollars privately to put in as liquidity to open the farm, and we thought that just really wasn't a fair launch model as much as we'd like to follow that. And why we, you know, went with the ninety ten split. So other things like other platforms and other NFT marketplaces, they call themselves a fair launch by giving, uh, I think fifty or fifty five percent to the community, and then they split up their venture capital investment across, you know, three to four different groupings that they've named, but. Um, you know, I think the way we've designed this is really just for the community. So 90% to the community to be farmed, uh, you know, 10 to the developer fund for to continue protocol development and future bounties and those sort of things to really um, build a community, you know, a thriving decentralized community where everyone's contributing. Um, I'm 
not even the boss, you know, of that it's more of, there's a community there that's working and building and it's a train in motion that, uh, anyone can get off of and it would still keep going, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I'd, um, I'd say it's more of a, <clears throat> it's more of a consortium, right? Like we've got a lot of amazing engineering on our team. You know, most of us come and from a lot of different spaces from the music, arts, technology, um, design space. So for us, we looked at a lot of the available technologies and just tried to piece it all together and see kind of how it could work together. So again, you know, this is kind of the first of its kind. Um, you know, we've been break testing and going through the iterations of the engineering of it. So now we've just opened up these memberships to essentially help crowdfund and crowdsource the, the platform. Um, but ultimately, you know, we are trying to build and our goal is to build um, this consortium of artists, creatives, musicians, screenwriters, whoever it is, um, that see the value in this project, even if they don't fully understand a lot of the fundamental technologies that are going into it, um, it really is a mashup, right? I call it like the beautiful Frankenstein, where we've taken really the best of, of all these different worlds that you're seeing emerging in, in kind of these different areas, right? We've got this membership NFT profile picture PFP up front. Then we've got, you know, basically the liquidity pool and liquidity provider farms and yield farm in the middle, which is able to generate the NFTG token itself, um, not for sale. You can only earn it through essentially providing liquidity there. And then we've really got the decentralized auction house behind it where, you know, there's community governance, a lot of community and consortium engagement in terms of what, you know, from the start, um, what that community looks like, what the auction house will function as. Um, and giving people a voice in the system that is traditionally a lot of just venture capital and billionaires and Winkle bosses and, and Brian Armstrong. So, gotcha. And so, uh, just to just to clarify one, because like I said, this part's still over my head because I see other other NFTs thinking about doing something similar. Where when you say providing liquidity on a fork of Sushi Swap, what are you? What liquidity are they providing? Like ETH to yeah, so you know Sushi. Uh, yes. li- liquidity pair and then farming that and then like the re- like what's the reward so uh, we fork sushi's smart contracts for token distribution model and then we also looked at bow.finance and you know we looked at their vesting schedule really the one year lockup the three year distribution equally each month thereafter um and we, we thought a lot of those things were great mechanisms, but, you know, crypto is 24-7. And what they modeled off after were after more traditional Web2 companies where it's nine to five and they close. So what we've developed now, um, you know, people use at their own risk because it's currently unaudited. You know, it's an experiment, you know, it's... And, um, the way that it's, um, built now it's on Polygon. So it's not on Ethereum. Uh, if we did, you know, transactions, $89 to harvest even $7, right. And to do that daily just would make no sense. So people can go to quick swap, you know, which is where a lot of liquidity is for Matic. And you'd be able to have different pairings from Ethereum Matic to Link Matic, or uh, I think it's uh, Ethereum USDC. Uh, we're, I think we're opening, we have 10 pools planned to be open. Um, 
once we hit the 20% mark at our memberships. And I think we're just getting close to that. Um, so we're pretty excited, you know, that with that milestone, we're able to activate, you know, certain things as a community and, uh, people will be able to stake those two pairs, get the LP token from quick swap, bring it to nftg.live. They'll be able to stake that LP token and earn NFTG. So it's the native token for the platform uh, that will also be rolling out in phase three. So really it's a membership program in phase one so that we can activate a yield farm in phase two and then have a marketplace uh, that's really built around user experience and for the community in phase three. So we've kind of set them up as a series of dominoes to kind of roll one into the next by allowing it to, you know, if this all started with just a conversation of like, Hey, what about, you know, a decentralized marketplace? What would that look like? How do, how does one do that? You know, and telling a bunch of people and, you know, just having a discord form and that conversation starting into people just, you know, contributing for the most part, volunteering and coming together around an idea. And these were all the mechanisms we thought to make it safe or a check and balance or to follow the best methodology, which was more of a fair launch model opposed to just going and raising some money with a small group of people and then having access, instant liquidity to these tokens to then uh, dump on networks and do you know, nefarious things. I know a lot of the people that have contributed really look at this thing as where they want to put a lot of time in for a majority of, you know, their careers. So it's, um, yeah, that's why it's, I think over architected and over engineered, but it was more just to be, um, incrementally the plan. So then that way, um, you know, the vision's laid out. Now it just comes down to participation. And if the community wants to participate, then, um, you know, the community has built the, the, the tools to, to get started. Yeah. And on this point really quickly, you know, I'll say in this fusion of these different technologies, we, we've tried to look at it from a lot of different angles, right? Um, a, you know, from, from the onset phase one, you've got this membership access, which will grant you, um, you know, this, this spot in line to reserving future PFPs and NFT collections. We've and there's other utility access. I, I think we forgot about that, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, also, you know, when the, pl- the in the marketplace as a member, you'll be able to be featured. So, and additionally, in the meantime, you can also with your membership immediately get access to our private Discord channels to speak with other members and vote on who to commission and you know pay the bounties. So that's all done by governance as well. Nice. What were you saying, Brennan? But yeah. No, sorry. I was just saying that there's a lot of different things for I don't want to say everyone, but you know, people in the DeFi space, we've got a lot of these liquidity pools and, and liquidity pairings um, and the farm that you can earn the NFTG and the token itself. We've got the decentralized auction house where if you want to come in and you're a collector, purchaser, buyer, um, creator in terms of selling NFTs on the marketplace, you can do that as well. Um, if you just feel like holding the token and, and earning it through the farm, like you can do that as well, right? We've got this 
token buyback, uh, token buyback model um, that should benefit the community. We've got kind of, you know, again, something for everyone, but, you know, a lot of these people that are in these different spaces from DeFi to NFTs to the collectors, curators um, of these traditional galleries, you know, this, this will seem very familiar to them. I know that when we talk about it from these different angles and try to explain it all um, in this big like totem pole of technology, um, you know, for us, we're just trying to make things very clear. We're doing a lot of instructional videos. Um, we'll be doing more and more kind of outreach to help people understand. I mean, primarily we look at ourselves as educators. Um, from our experience on our team, you know, we've had a lot of people that have been through, like, like David had mentioned, been through these different crypto winners, seen the boom and bust of these different uh, crypto economies at scale. And we just felt that we had this opportunity to kind of do it better and, and make it cohesive. Gotcha. So um, you said there's 10,000 total, but if they're farming, let's say all 10,000 get sold before the farming starts, what are they actually farming at that point? So the 10,000 people are not farming anything. The 10,000 members... Um, no, no, I'm saying <clears throat> if, if I buy if I buy an NFG token or an NFTG token and then some and uh, and you sell all 10,000 of them what are what are other people farming cuz you said they're, that's, they're, they're no, that's, farming that's, the tokens. That's, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to distinguish the two. So, and if there's memberships, which is an NFT, and then for yield farming, there's like LP tokens that you or from liquidity that you staked right? Which are individual assets like, you know, Ethereum and Matic. Um, but the only way to farm is to use LP tokens. Your membership is nothing to do with farming. The, so I, the I just want to make sure. So one, so one is an NFT separate. and one is a token, essentially. Like, token, like an ERC-20 uh, okay. token. So Okay. So check this out. Check this out. The membership itself is an Ethereum ERC-721. Uh, it's a non-fungible token. That's yeah, on Ethereum. The yield farm is on Polygon, and you will be earning an ERC twenty token uh, that is named NFTG. That's the ticker. But as far as the correlation between the two, they're just in the same ecosystem, but they're not enabling uh, one or the other for either member or farmer. So I just wanted to clarify because some people were yeah. were talking about farming. And the re the reward was NFTs. I just wanted to make sure those are two two For sure. yeah, no, different things. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So when you farm, you're only earning the native token. Um, you know, with just similar, very similar tokenomics. You know, to uh, sushi and bao, except we shortened from one year to nine months, and from three years to twenty seven months because um, <clears throat> crypto moves fast. So yeah. So talk to me about from an artist standpoint, you said you could have screenwriters, um, you know, digital artists, photographers, what, like, are, are you looking, you're looking at, at any medium, any artistic yeah. medium. So what, so let's say somebody's not in NFTs at all, is not in crypto at all. What's the, the sales pitch to get, let's say a screenwriter to join this and, and to become a part of this ecosystem? Um, so a screenwriter is an interesting one because there's a lot of, um, content there that they'd be exchanging. So if they're, let's just, we have to understand the service, right? So maybe if they're well-known or if they're not so well-known, 
they could even just offer writing as a service and to package it up and to say, okay, here's a NFT that is um, 10,000 words. Here's one that's 50,000 words. Here's one, you know, 150,000 words. And they have descriptions on each saying, roughly, these are the kind of topics we can get into, the length of what to expect, type of research, that kind of stuff. And that's why they're at different price levels. Um, well, I would, if I would, someone, I would add if someone, real quick, David. So I think on that point, like, ahead. you know, the screenwriters I've been talking to, for instance, one of my friends um, is. A I was going to explain about the split because then it's. The, oh, yeah, yeah we can go to, okay, we can go to that. Yeah, because then I think why why the screenwriter would do that is because um, traditionally, like let's say they go to any other marketplace uh, right now, um, they try and sell it. You know, they make some money on it. The platform makes some money on it. Their fans just see themselves something, just some high bidder. And they're not able to really participate, right? So our marketplace really is built by a community. And most of those people, you know, NFTs really can only be owned really for the most part by one person. Yeah, sure, a DAO, you know, can set it up and fractionalize it, sure. But, you know, it's not easy <laughs> to move things fastly, you know, in a fast manner, you know, around. So, um by being able to have the NFTG token, it allows um, even fans to participate by being able to participate with that token, opposed to always having to just kind of sit on the sideline and not have anything to participate with. So we, we feel it's a, a win-win to be able to have a buyback model where the platform itself is buying back its native token on decentralized exchanges um, from each sale. So then that way, you know, fans can cheer on their artist, um, the screenwriter in this case, not just sells the NFT for themselves, but really is championed by the crowd and the community, their fans. So I, I guess uh, I'm a little confused about the screenwriting aspect. So like, let's say I have a script and I'm, I'm, am I fractionalizing it or am I just selling it as one NFT? And I mean, then it's up to, the thing is we're not selling fractionals or doing anything like that. Um, we're actually more focused on f like uh, physical assets, you know, I would say. So, well, so we, we do fidgetals, right? So that's really the intersection of these physical scripts in this, in this particular instance, with either its digital counterpart, um, you know, we were in this instance, we're kind of removing a lot of intermediaries, right? Like in Hollywood, these scripts get passed around office to office. Maybe nobody picks it up. You hear about all these different um, movies that are now coming to light where these things were found in a bin somewhere at Warner Brothers, you know, studios. Um, for them, it gives them a lot of exposure on the platform, right? Even having subcategories for different fidgetals. So, for this instance, like they could sell the entire manuscript. Um, it really depends on the creator's preference of how they want to go about it. Um, but you know, we're saying that it is possible to do like screenwriting as or script writing as an NFT, or to sell their physical manuscripts or digital manuscripts on the platform as well. It's just that's yeah, we're not focused on just manuscript writers and stuff. It's that's just one I would say of many type of creators that we've been speaking with and talking to, to understand how to get them more so into this digital economy, 
so that it's not just graphic designers, but, you know, people that, you know, are also creators, but, um, you know, have different mediums. I, I, so. I, I latched onto that just cause it's a, it's, it's a digital medium, but in the, at the end of the day, it's a, it's like a physical medium. It's a, it's a physical script that someone's holding, even though it's also digital. So that, that's kind of the reason why that one interested me to talk, talk about that. But also it's like, let's just say a sculptor, like what does a sculptor do? It just, do they like take a picture of it? Do they like, how does that work? No, they sell the, they sell their sculpture and then, you know, it's for us, you know, our background in, NFTs comes more from realitems.io. It's an enterprise, um, you know, blockchain solution for asset traceability, and each you know asset's backed by an NFT. So having that type of background, bringing it into this product, um, into this community, um, is going to be kind of the the focus. I would say more so than just digital art, which we've we've seen a lot, and it's getting. You know, there's already quite a few players established, but for physical things, inclusive, and to kind of focus on that type of uh, user and experience um, hasn't really been uh, yeah. focused on. I so. think I think what we're trying to describe here is like there's there's no real difference between physical objects and then digital. You know, call them NFTs, call them 3D prints, call them you know whatever whatever medium there is for that artist. Um, it's up to the individual creator, whether that's a sculptor, screenwriter, physical or digital muralist, painter. Um, you know, this is what we're trying to say is that, you know, we create, we're creating a consortium of, of creatives that if they want to sell a physical artwork and then match that with a digital twin or their, its digital counterpart or uh, upgraded VIP meet and greet experiences where you get to come into their art exhibit or their painting studio and sit down for three hours with them and discuss whatever that, whatever that is that they're painting. Um, for us, it, this isn't just pigeonholing into just being a screenwriter or just, you know, sculptor or physical painter. There's no, there's no difference in terms of the physical objects with their digital counterpart or digital objects with their physical car- counterpart, whether they want to do stickers or magnets or 3d printed, you know, micro effigies of that physical sculpture, right? Whatever that is, it's, it's up to the creator to basically, decide so what if like let's say i have it let's say i have a like a stick figure drawing or whatever on on and i put it up on um on your site who am i trying to sell it to am i trying to sell it to somebody in the community that's also on the site or am i also or am i like let's just say a script it makes it easier or am i actually trying to pitch it to producers in hollywood and say this is where you buy it like like what's the actual step-by-step for an artist just, just to help artists wrap their head around what what being part of the community entails and how to use the the actual platform. Yeah, so it's it's I think physical products, right? So first, starting with retail items, you know, we have some luxury designers that we're working with as well. That I think once we we see that uh, come to life, it'll make a whole lot more sense. Um, you know, but I think a lot of the day-to-day commerce right now is for physical things and to be able to have uh, that provability and with rarities in the same way. You know, if you look at Supreme, you look at uh, a lot of streetwear companies, they've already proven that, you know, StockX uh, inclusive. 
So I think bridging that and focusing really on those type of consumers that are not necessarily super crypto native, but would definitely like to have um, some of the the neat features you know that blockchain uh, brings from trust, traceability, um, being able to execute transactions faster. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's why they would come to the, to the platform because you're just not going to get that same focus in other NFT marketplaces. And it's really kind of boxed out a lot of other type of creators where they just see this as speculative wall street behavior for JPEGs and they don't understand what's going on. So, I think, you know, if you start doing that with shoes, like with like designers and um, handbags and backpacks and hats and sunglasses and all these different things that people love to have and go out wearing, um, and that just makes more sense, you know. So everyone, gotcha. everyone in crypto is going virtual. We're trying to go physical <laughs> into the, into the actual in real life, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because I mean, eventually it has to. We have to incorporate it into the physical world if it's going to be yeah. a serious thing. Um, yeah. So what, um, what do you, what are you hoping for the, like, what's your end goal ultimately? Like in, like in a perfect world, what would be the end goal for the community and the artist and how they interact with each other? Um, in the end or in a perfect world, when we launch our platform in phase three, uh, we will have the community be able to cheer on an artist and say, yes, go get a $10 million NFT sale. We want you to have that massive, massive win because the current way we've bro- broken it down is 90% goes to the creator, 10% goes to buying back the native token to lock up into balancer pool and you know put pressure, I guess, on, on the token itself, but then be able to earn uh, as a platform off the um, the yield of, of of locking it up versus just you know uh, taking it from the creator itself. So we think in that way, um, NFTG token holders, you know, will be able to champion these type of um, artists to do the best they can with their art and to help tell their story and. You know, if that's a $10 million sale, that means it's a $1 million transaction going to QuickSwap to buy back a token and, you know, let the, let, let that type of impact, uh, drive and, you know, so that, that's, that's pretty much where we're seeing how this is much different than traditional ways. I think, I think long-term as well, we'd love to be known as the people who kind of brought people into this new space, right? Like. We don't necessarily shy away from people who say, like, I'm a traditional painter or sculptor or whatever it is. Like, we would love to be the platform and the go-to destination for a lot of people breaking into it and trying to learn more and trying to wrap their minds around all these different complexities of how quickly the cryptocurrencies and blockchains have evolved. Um, For us, again, we look at ourselves primarily as educators. Um, We love people coming to us and saying, I don't know anything about this, right? Like, what what can we even do with with this system, with this platform, with this ecosystem? And the reality is, is like, there's a lot, right? So for us, like, we want to be a value add to these different creator communities um, and, and offer them the opportunity to kind of have their work be seen um, by an, a digital audience and a physical audience 
um, and then to be that conduit from these like more traditional art worlds um, who have never considered maybe doing NFTs before and making that a very smooth transition and easy process for them. Gotcha. And when you mentioned, um, I'm just absolutely completely blanking out what I was going to ask. When, uh, what do you, what do you see as the current pitfalls that are stopping a lot of artists and just regular people from getting in that, that you guys can, that this is going to help bridge? Um, one, I think just, it, it's really been focused on, um, digital art, you know, more like in the animated side of things or, uh, in the super, um, you know, what was like driven by rarities, you know, so that it's really almost like a numbers game to, to those crowds. Um, but I think really helping all artists kind of look at NFTs as a, as a way to protect their artwork, to ensure that they get proper royalties, you know, in return for secondary sales. Uh, I think a lot of physical artists, you know, as they sell sculptures, they would love to get some sort of secondary sale contribution. Um, and then to really have a, a demand for secondary sale buyers, you know, in the physical real world, why would they want to pay the artist, you know, a commission just to buy it off? Like part of that, why would they want that? And, you know, through the digital experience, you can incentivize them to be more connected to the, to the, to the art by just being connected to the artist themselves. So, um, yeah, I think having that, as a, as a starting point opposed to just seeing kind of the influx of bedroom designers throwing up JPEGs that, you know, is every, is, is everything based on food or animals or, you know, something like that. Right. That's not really breaking the mold anymore. It's really just kind of regurgitating the same, uh, you know, path so that they can, you know, ape in and then be able to ape out and dump and then figure out, like, let them figure it out for the next path. I think for us, it's, it's really the community to have all these different things that we've always wanted to have. And by connecting them in the ways that they are, it really supports, you know, growth for the community and um, unlocks access for a lot of utility um, so that people can benefit from having that utility access. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think there's, there's like three key barrier to entries right now that a lot of people are seeing in space, right? So a, you know, primarily there's a knowledge gap, right? Where people don't understand it enough to even like dip their toes in or, or even start experimenting with it. The reason for that is the financial costs right now, right? So you've got the, the knowledge gaps, you've got the financial, the, the cost that can be very daunting. On the Ethereum network right now, it can cost upwards of $400 or $1,000 just to put your artwork up for sale. Um, and then you've got the technology, right? So there's a there's a, techno a technological knowledge base and then financial. So those are kind of three key pitfalls uh, that you were asking about. And I think that our platform solves all three, right? We're... we're educating them to, to break through that knowledge barrier so they're comfortable with the technology. Once they understand the knowledge and the technology, then, you know, because of our low-cost platform, because of all those things that we've outlined in this, in this uh, 
kind of talk here about all these benefits we give to the creator, you know, I think that those three, uh, the knowledge base, technological base, and the financial barriers, I think our platform, um, ideally, you know, once fully flushed out and, and fully launched, uh, will solve all three. Nice. Um, what, is there anything specific you wanted to discuss that I haven't asked you about? No, I think, I think we covered a lot of bases, right? Um, for us, it was just like we saw an opportunity to kind of build the first of its kind triple triple threat like this, right? Um, again, the beautiful Frankenstein thing, like we come from that heavy engineering background. So we wanted to ensure that we could do it. And now that we found out we can, um, now it's just kind of raising community awareness and, and expressing the importance of this and why it exists and who we are and, you know, what the, what the benefits are. I think that, you know, we've just been talking <laughs> a lot of uh, technicalities, but at the end of the day is yeah. we're creators and we want to create a, 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 you know, a welcoming community for people that are looking at their first NFT or creating or buying or, or just even considering getting into the space. You know, we want to be kind of that um, invitation that, that a lot of people are looking for now. So who do you foresee being the people who buy the token up front? Uh, buying the so NFT we actually, I, I, I can actually explain just a few people that have. Um, it's actually been really awesome to hear their stories. Um, we we have town hall meetings daily in our Discord. So you know, I think we have over twelve hundred members now, which is amazing. You know, for just really launching it, and opening it up. Uh, but having those town hall meetings, we you know tell everyone what we've got on the plate, what we've got planned, what we're thinking to curate some help even from other people um but this person stepped up and was like hey just wanted to say hi wanted to let you guys know you're the first nft i ever bought i heard you guys on clubhouse and i've always been on the fence and a lot of this stuff didn't make sense but i really enjoyed just hearing you guys talk about these things explain it and uh he's like i want in you know he just wants to participate he wants to get knowledge he wants to um, it's a growing industry. If you look at Board Ape Yacht Club, when when was that created? It was this year. <laughs> We're still like months, and now it's accumulated so much value and so much adoption and utility use from you know using the the profile picture. Um, that's one thing I don't think we mentioned actually. You get the IP, so you, it's like you you're able to use that in creative ways. You could put on merchandise and sell it and make money. So. Now that people are seeing this way of developing characters and allowing the community to purchase, you know, the IP to those characters for the most part and be able to, you know, do as they please. And as they do, it builds the audience and network effect of getting the visibility for those assets. So, yeah, it's just um, people that are buying our memberships are people that, um, you know, want access one to this NFT world. So we're trying to create systems and ways for them to learn by, you know, having uh, the ability to not, not feel rushed, you know, in a lot of these things where it's like FOMO is what's driving some of this stuff. And we thought of a, 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 a creative way where we can still drive value. Right. So now, when we have these $100,000 bounties and we pay someone to create something, that 100000 could be donated to a charity of their choice. 
you know, it could be someone big. It could be someone that's non, not, not even an artist. You know, if we could get, let's say Oprah or, um, I don't know, someone non-political, <laughs> I would say to be able to draw something like that would be super cool and, you know, be able to help, a another organization out at the same time. So, I mean, part like we already kind of are doing that with beneath the waves, giving them 50,000 and giving this other artist another 50,000 to kind of collaborate on one of our first ones so that we were able to select that for our community first as like the first gift, you know, for members. But the next one will be based on community engagement, based on them nominating, based on them uh, voting and having governance over um, how to allocate that. And in doing so, it just builds the narrative. So people that want to participate uh, in any part of uh, that, I would say, uh, should, should be getting the memberships. But um, people that are speculative, people that are looking to, let's say, buy something and dump it in a week uh, or so that they can like have maximum gains, we're not here to give trading advice or speculative or create speculative things like that. We've really focused on value so that um, we have a club, you know, we'd love for people to join it um, at the very front of the door. You can get into the discord, but to get into the awesome discussions, you have to have a membership and unlike Costco's, you know, ours is an NFT. So it's, you can buy and trade it if you and sell it if necessary. So we, um, you know, we encourage people to participate and hopefully they can, you know, hang on to it. So it continues to have their access in the community, but things happen. So, um, yeah, we're, we're more planning for the long term, right? So a lot of this, <clears throat> so what we're saying is combining these two spaces, right? With the NFTs and the PFPs and DeFi, it's like, there's a lot of different things to learn, but you know, we encourage people who see the value, who see the vision, who want to be a part of something long term in terms of this cons- artist consortium or the creative community or even just the NFTG community. Um, there's a lot of different value that we're rolling out across each of these different phases. Um, so for us, it's like we just welcome anybody who's inquisitive, who's curious, who wants to learn more. Um, we look at ourselves as really kind of being a pioneer in this space. And, you know, I feel kind of, I, I kind of feel like a dick because if people, that, so uh, listeners, I've known Brandon for like three years now. And, you know, we, we play golf every once in a while. And, and I just completely forgot to be like, hey, tell people how you've been in the space. And like, so they just don't think you guys are like some random dude saying, hey, we want to provide value to the space. And like, these guys have been around for, for a pretty long time in the space. Um, do you guys want to do like a, like a quick, like five minute bio or like, you know, two minute bio just so people know that you're legit? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Let's let's see if you can keep it yeah, <laughs> to two not. or five minutes, or let's yeah. let's see two minutes. Let's two minutes should be good. Then we don't get into a rabbit hole. Yeah, this will be a little uh-huh. treat for anybody who made it this far in. But um, you know, I got my background um, in crypto almost a decade ago. I was uh, a contractor at the Securities and Exchange Commission, and um, I had found and heard about Bitcoin back in my undergrad days, but um, I didn't really start kind of messing around with it, experimenting with it um, until about 2012, end of 2012, end of 2013. Um, and there was no ecosystem. There was, there was no Investopedia or 
crypto panic or any of these these databases and treasure troves of information out there. So you kind of had to learn the, the the hard way on a lot of these peer to peer chats and like all this dark web stuff. And it was just a fascinating industry. So um, you know, while I was there and working then at, later working at Akamai Technologies, um, working actually with the SEC and NASA. Um, I kind of fell out of love with the cybersecurity analytics space and decided to go full time into blockchain projects. So, you know, end of 2015, start of 2016, before the big bull run that everybody remembers, um, I just started kind of trying to feel it out, understood what, understood that, you know, I know I was still early, but I saw the vision in blockchain. I, I having worked at these big governmental agencies, I mean, the technology was so outdated dealing with cryptocurrencies and blockchains and Bitcoin and Ethereum at the time, like it just felt very like 2030. So I was enchanted by it. So, um, you know, I kind of stepped away from the traditional three letter agency space and went full time into, into cryptocurrencies. And since then, I've worked with a variety of different industries um, from gaming to sports to NFTs for a long time, um, back when we were calling them virtual stakes um, and all types of digital certificates and all these different things. Um, but you know, being ahead of it now, you can see that it's really inundated and become, uh, almost household names, if not, you know, NFTs and DeFi, but Bitcoin certainly has. Um, so, you know, I saw the value early in this and, you know, I've wor been working with the engineering teams, development teams, product design teams for, uh, almost the last six and a half years now, uh, building blockchain projects. And this is kind of the, uh, culmination of all of that, uh, really partnering with David and his experience with real items. So I'll let David take it from here. Nice. Nice. Um, so I'm, uh, more of a hacker from the Bay area. You know, I kind of self-taught myself how to program just going to hackathons. Uh, previous to that though, I did, uh, write a patent. So I'm a patented designer. I, um, patented light up sunglasses, sold them with Insomniac at music festivals and raves around the world. And that's how I learned firsthand intellectual property theft, which gave me um, really a lot of experience in the international supply chain. And when I discovered Ethereum at $10, I was like, eh, okay, digital money, not sure why I need it. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like, oh, wow, okay, $120. What happened? Why is this digital money going up? Why didn't I, you know, what did I miss? Because clearly it was something. So uh, since then, I've just been super focused on building stuff, attending, you know, blockchain hackathons. Uh, most of my team has been built just from uh, meeting people at those blockchain hackathons and them leaving other positions and then just the timing of everything working out. So uh, I'm the CEO of realitems.io. So we've really focused on a SaaS platform utilizing NFTs for product serialization, asset traceability. Uh, we work with government agencies, uh, retail brands, um, our most notable brand right now is doTERRA essential oils. You know, they do $2 billion a year in, uh, sales as a private company. And to be able to work with them now with NFTs, I think they're more of, uh, further along <laughs> than most companies right now, as far as utilizing this technology. So really bringing that type of experience, uh, we saw what was going on with the, with NFTs earlier this year. And we decided, um, let's contribute, you know, let's, you know, um, 
roll something out with a community as a DAO and um, just share our knowledge as much as we can and see how many other people really want to work on stuff. And yeah, so now uh, we're here with that. <laughs> nice. So how can people get in touch with you? How can people get the token? How can people become a part of what you guys are cool. doing? So yeah, they can definitely uh, check us out on nftg.live. Uh, they'll be able to see our Discord links, find our Twitter. If they want to nominate artists for the $100,000 bounty, they can do that. Uh, if they're interested to grab a membership, you can grab one, I think, on our website while they uh, are remaining. Uh, once we hit 10,000 uh, sold, there'll be no, no more minted and you'd have to go to a secondary sale. And uh, definitely check out our Discord, right? That's where the community's at. That's where we have daily rituals. We do Twitter raids. We go on adventures together, and we have um, tons and tons of channels that have different topics so that really, um, if you're looking to learn something, we're, we're looking to, to work with people and also just kind of build a very vibrant ecosystem around education so yeah um, i would say the website nftg.live is probably the easiest within that you can find a lot of different ways to get in touch with us um or yeah. us on twitter <laughs> at nftg live sweet and i'll have all that in the show notes everyone so don't worry about if you're driving right now please don't try to drive and write that down at the same time um all right well anything any last uh, closing comments before uh i let you two go I, I would just uh, say we're, we're really excited, right? I mean, we've been working, we've collectively all been spending years kind of building out all this new NFT technology and digital certificates and gaming applications and all these different things. And I think this is just a really good uh, unison of aligning our skill sets um, and now creating a community around it. So, you know, we encourage anyone who's listening, whether you think you're a creator or a collector or a contributor or want to learn more about NFTs, PFPs, DeFi, decentralization DAOs, right? Like there's kind of something for everyone as long as you're interested to learn. Um, and, you know, we look at ourselves as educators in the space. And then if you feel like buying a membership and getting involved, you know, we encourage you to do that as well. Yeah, I think well said there, Brandon. Um, if anything, you know, we look forward to connecting with you to, you know, seeing you participate um, in any which way, you know, whether it be membership or, visiting one of our socials, but if anything, dig deeper. There's a lot. Um, we do have documentation available as well. And yeah, we're always available to answer questions. So, but yeah, thanks for having us on, uh, you know, on the show. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and thanks everybody for listening. Um, like I said, I'll have everything in the show notes so you can check them out and, uh, see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks. See you.